thankful for the presence of the Lord. Why don't we lift our hands all across the building? That's a sign of surrender. You're physically not able, I understand, but if you're physically able, let's surrender everything to the presence of the Lord before we go any further. Musicians and singers have done their best attempt to lead us, but really, the bottom line is you and I choose. They can sing any song. You and I choose whether I serve Him, praise Him, lift Him up. What a beautiful presence of the Lord is here today. For those visitors here, you see all of us wearing t-shirts. What we're trying to do is just keep unity, momentum, excitement. I even see some of the older folks wearing t-shirts. What a commendable, commendable act. I thank God for His people and people that are hungry just for just for just finding the presence of God and enjoying the presence of God. We've got a great day planned. It started this morning. It's already started then into tonight with the family. This whole day is just about family and unity and us being together as folks, this world is fighting everything it can to to break everything up, break churches up, families up, homes up. I think any effort we can make just to bring unity and, and cohesiveness, hey, I'm willing to do it if it don't compromise Scripture. I thank God for His people that love unity in the Spirit, unity in their local church. I thank God for that. Sunday school, you're dismissed this morning. Tonight's going to be a great evening. we got jumpers and dunking booths and all kind of activities we got food trucks coming please uh, let me let me make a statement about the food trucks uh, plan on coming and eating from the food truck uh, the, these people are coming out with the expectancy they got one agenda they want to make money <laughs> and I want them to keep coming back to Indian Village because we've used them uh, for different functions in the past youth events and sectional youth rallies and different things and I want them to come back uh, to, to our events when we do have them. So plan tonight if you can. Uh, let's, let's help them. That way they'll want to come back again. I think it's going to be a great night of, of family and fun and just good fellowship tonight. Bring your lawn chairs. We can just sit around. We had a tremendous time at men's conference. All the men that were able to go, those that were not, I would encourage you to get the CD, DVD. You missed a tremendous message. Uh, I, I see now why Brother Bushnell pastors come back and play those DVDs uh, for the men because it was, it was just good, solid preaching that helps our men become what we need to be to our families and to our church. Strong families, we've said it before, make strong churches, will make strong communities. You show me weak men and men that are not doing what God's called them to do, you'll see a deterioration of the family, a deterioration of the community. I don't believe that's what God's got for Indian Village. I believe God's got strong men here that know how to pray, know how to live righteously and godly, and I'm not eliminating the, the lady but we've got good people that believe in the righteousness of Christ and exemplifying that. And I thank God for that today. You got your Bibles, Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, starting with verse 1. 
Acts 12 and verse 1. Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James the brother of John with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. And the light shined, or a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side. Raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off from his hand. The angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he had seen a vision. And when they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord, and they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord sent his angel. And hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from the expectation of the people of the Jews. Two verses there that just stood out so much to me in, in, in studying and reading this. And it was the first two, or the first verse where it said, He killed James and John with the sword, and because he stood out, it pleased the Jews, he proceeded. Your destiny is not determined by the majority. And this story is laced with a specific message. It was Peter, but it is applied to us here today. The majority does not determine your destiny. God does. And if you put your faith in Him, God can fulfill what he promised he would do. Now we hear a lot of messages on the promises of God. But I think from these verses you're going to see that it's not just the promises of God that are beckoning and wanting to be fulfilled. But God's looking for somebody that can hear what God's saying in this hour to fulfill those promises. If you would, lift your hands one more time and ask God to talk to us today. Jesus. I need the help of the Holy Ghost today. I need you to help my mind. I bind witchcraft that is in this building today that's opposing your word and trying to choke it out. God, I'm asking you to let faith rise up in the hearts of your people today. I ask you in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. God has never, if you'll study in the Old Testament from the very beginning, God has not been led by the majority. 
God don't need, that's, that's man's mindset looking for the majority. Man looks for the democratic rule that, 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 that there be a greater number that uh, would legislate a certain principle. And I, I'm thankful for that in our country. But when it comes to God, it's not a democracy, it's a theocracy. It's not a man rule, it's a God rule. And God is still in this last day hour trying to find a people that he would would find that you and I would allow him to govern and to rule as he would see fit. I love the scripture that says his ways are not my way. That we're not, we find ourselves more time than not, not on the same page as God. We've got our own set of, of thinking and agenda and concepts, mindsets. mindsets. We, we've got our own way of thinking how it should be done. And what I've learned more time than not, that God's going to do it his way no matter what I think or what I want, one way or the other. And I think it would behoove you and I, the quicker I get on board with what God's wanting to do, the quicker I'm going to see the promises of God and the miraculous working power of God. The miraculous is attracted to destiny, purpose, need. It was never intended for you and I to see a miracle for a form of entertainment. It was never never intended. God never parted the Red Sea because he had a crowd of people off to the side that was watching the show. That's the mindset we got today. Let me watch the show. We got singers come to a platform and begin to sing and we got people just wanting to watch the show. God never intended for it to be a form of entertainment. God intended for it to be, I'm here because I want to please God. I'm here because I've got a destiny in God. I'm here because i got a purpose in God. I'm here because God called me a long time ago and God spoke some things to my heart, to my spirit, and I've yet to see those things unfulfilled. I'm preaching to Indian Village. I'm preaching to this community. I'm preaching to the North American church. We have not seen what God has yet. We have not seen the fulfillment of what God has but yet knowing what God can do and buying into what God can do is the challenge it's a challenge I face here today as a preacher trying to preach a message to I know all of us here today I doubt any of you missed breakfast this morning from the looks of us we didn't Thank God for Weight Watchers. I doubt any of you woke up this morning and didn't have adequate heat or air conditioning for some. So I'm preaching to myself, a group of people, that we're so full with things. What do we need God for? So God has to let cancer come, sickness come, problems come to make us realize you ain't Superman. And people look at those things sometimes and say, well, what in the world? I'm not saying God is getting joy out of our sickness. But I tell you what God is getting joy out of, that when I realize how much I need him. 
and how much I'm dependent on him and how much I can't make it without him. See, God ain't interested in somebody that says, I got enough money in the bank. I got everything I need. I don't need to show God by praise and worship. I don't need to show him by the lifting of my hands. I don't need to show him by doing any of the sort because I got everything I need. But to that heart that says, God, I can't get enough of you. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to leap a little bit in my body. I'm going to lift my To that person, you've got a miracle that God's ready to do for you like you have never seen before. God is looking for a people. The question is, can he find a people? Can he find somebody that really needs him? Can he find, Luke, somebody that knows if God don't help me, I'm going to lose my mind by the morning. Why does it have to take sometimes moments of crisis and calamity for us to acknowledge the need? Well, I got an answer for you because that's the majority's mindset. And God's looking for somebody that won't go along with the majority that he can prove to them and to this whole world. I don't need a majority to work my miracles. I don't need a council to work my miracles. I don't need to consult God the Father, God the Son, God the burning bush, God the Alpha, the Omega. I can do it within myself. I counsel within my own will, God says. And I can make a decision at any given moment for the sake of my people because destiny it's not governed by a majority it's governed by hunger it's governed by purpose it's governed by somebody that'll realize I need God more than the breath that's in my body that's why the early church flourished crisis read verse 1 and Herod find it for me brother Ron verse 1 of 12 for Herod had one agenda, to vex the church. He had one, one agenda, to trouble people. Your enemy's got one objective. And it's to make you feel troubled in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind. And, and, and cause you and I to look at all this stuff and say, where is God? God don't do miracles no more. I hear it so strong in the spirit this morning. I knew coming into this message, I was going to face unbelief. I was going to face doubt because everything under tradition religion says, God don't heal blinded eyes no more. God don't heal the miraculous no more. God don't do these things miraculous. No, 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 no. I'm here to declare tonight, if there's destiny in your life, that God's ready to give you the biggest jailbreak you've ever seen before in your family and in your home. Why do you think we do baby dedications? Why do you think the gift of prophecy operates? It operates for one reason, Carly. To build the church. But to give you something to hang on to. That when you're troubled. 
that prophecy, that destiny begins to cry out and begin to speak and remind you, saying, hold on one second. How many prophecies has went forth to Indian village? How many prophecies has went forth to individuals? And you say, well, I ain't never had a prophecy. You got a promise from God in his word. By his stripes you're healed. It's one of the most simplest, but one of the most powerful. By his stripes you're healed. You've got destiny. You've got promise. You've got purpose. But it's going to take you and I arising in the middle of a dark dungeon and saying I'm coming out I can tell that moved some of you so strongly because there's destiny there there's purpose there you're not preaching for my response I believe in echoing back it's mixing your faith but you're not preaching for the preacher responding for the preacher this morning you're preaching, you're, you're echoing back or speaking back for one reason, Brother Font. No, destiny is trying to move in you again. Old promises are trying to move in this community again. God ain't forgot about this community. He ain't forgot about kinder. He ain't forgot about this area. He ain't forgot about southwest Louisiana. I don't care how many go off in the wacko land. I don't care how many of them fall off to the wagon. And this church does this or that. You need to hear me. There's still a God in heaven. And there's always going to be a church. A church that believes one God. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. And believes a man's got to repent of his sins and be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and baptize in Jesus' name and live a separate, godly, holy life from the world. When he finds that people, destiny will speak. Here's the kicker. Majority's voice is loud. The majority in your family that's saying, quit living for God, Sister Agnes. Here's an empty pew, and where are them kids and them boys and family? And the majority says, you're the only one left. And spirits come, and they come beside you and say, you're going to give it up. You're going to die before you see them living for God. The majority's got a voice that's so loud. But you, you're missing the end of the story. God's got a, an apostle by the name of Peter. God's got an apostle by the name of, God's got a saint of God by the name of Agnes. God's got a saint of God by the name of Leon that's been in a little bit of a prison. And it looks like the majority is ruling. You ain't never going to get your healing. You ain't never going to see revival. You ain't ne- The majority don't rule. One God, one God, one God, one God, not three, not seven, one God. Hero Israel, I'm going to quote it again. Something's mad and I'm glad. Hero Israel, there's only one God. There's not a God the Father and a God the Son. There's one God, and that God is going to be the one that brings you out of your family of the prison. And the majority is barking, saying, you'll never see, Sister Georgia. You'll never see. God promised you financial breakthrough. And the majority is saying, no. God promised you healing in your marriage and home. And the majority, I ain't the only one. You hearing it too. 
world saying. Just, just, come on. Y'all been married too long. Split up. Go find a boyfriend. <laughs> that blue coat, I promise you, you'll find a boyfriend. You look so pretty. Yeah, she is. So too pretty for you. Me and you married up. You hear me? We married up. But see, the world says, just, just, you don't like this one, get rid of them. Or if you don't like this one, then go ahead and get, you know what you need to do? You need to marry another woman. Yeah. That's what the world says. Oh, don't make me brush that. I'm trying to be kind. But these are the voices that the majority is saying to you and I. This is the norm. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way it's supposed to be. Somebody needs to hear me. When you hear the majority as loud as we're hearing it, you need to say, Peter, I, I love that story in Peter, and I preached it the other way. Here's old Peter. He's resting in the promises of God. He knew he was going to be crucified, and that preach is so good, and that's true. But then there's another part of me wants to say, Peter, why are you sleeping? I get peace of God. I get all that. I, I'm, the, I'm the best. When I get, I, I love to sleep. Yeah, that's good. I get it. But then there's sometimes, I wonder if Peter, his expectancy wouldn't have been. But regardless of where he was, God still said, I'm going to give you an example that the majority don't rule. The majority that's saying, I'm going to take Peter out. They had a quantrion. How do you say that? Here's what it means. I know the definition. I can't say it. It means 16 soldiers. Four and four. A watch was four. It was 16 soldiers sent by Herod to watch this preacher. You tell me hell ain't scared of an apostolic preacher? You tell me hell ain't scared of an apostolic church? That's why you and I need hell was afraid of the preacher but there was a church praying for the preacher. We need each other. We need the church of praying and we need the preacher of preaching and together there ain't one thing that can stop you and I from seeing the miraculous in our family. And Peter's asleep, Brother Smith. Before all that, you got 16 dudes watching and look Mike it gets even better you got Herod wreaking havoc in the church trying to destroy the faith of God's people folks it's where we are it's doing everything in its power to destroy your faith in a God that still does the miraculous and we're looking at all this going, where's God? Where's God? I'll tell you where he is. He's in the same place he was 2,000 years ago. He's on the throne and he's in charge and he's got every bit of, he ain't lost one bit of power. And he's just looking for somebody that through obedience, they'll turn to him and say, God, I trust you. I know you're going to take care of this. I know you're going to work it out. Because the destiny... You can't have the heritage we've got from the mothers and the fathers that have put things in many of us in living for God. You can't, that's destiny. We're looking for some magical wand. We watch too much Walt Disney. 
Some magical wand's going to wave over you. And now, okay, you got destiny? No. When God filled you with the Holy Ghost, he said, I got a job. God don't fill you and don't give you the job. Like filling out an application. Well, we just want you to fill it out because we want to make a bunch of paper in our filing cabinet. You really ain't going to get it. That's what they do in government. Oh, sorry. They make you fill it out when really they already knew who they were going to hire. Corrupt politicians. Oh, Jesus, Benoit, you just messed up. I felt it right there. Oh, God, he's going to offend the politicians. You know what? I thank God for them, and I respect their office, but you hear me. God's wanting to get a hold of their heart just like he's wanting to get a me in your heart. And his hair is vexing and troubling the church. The next part. Go, Brother Ron, on that next verse. It says, the reason he was doing what he was doing was because the people trying to please the people. Does anybody ever get tired of pleasing people? I'm never going to live up to your standard, Brother Joe. I'm picking on you because I know you can take it. I ain't never going to live up to your standard. I'm just a preacher. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I'm human. I ain't Jesus. He's the only one that's perfect. Let that be the standard by which you and I follow. We can use a five-fold ministry and God uses it. We got to have it, not exemplifying that or excluding that, not exemplifying, excluding that. But my image, my measure is how close am I in to being like him. And when Herod did what he did, he did it for one reason, the people. The people. Because the people had just killed James. And they had blood in their mouth. It's like that old story I told years ago. We lived out in Havans and out in the country, Joe. From Langley. And inevitably my neighbor had chickens. Brother Daryl, where you at? Sorry for, for this. I'm going to prepare you ahead of time. I'm going to apologize before I tell it to you. But my dog loved chickens. And I had a boxer, says Tanya. And my boxer was more valuable than the little hens. I'm sorry. And that boxer would get into that chicken coop, Brother Langley, and he'd commence to just tearing up some chicken hide. And before long, CJ... That dog of y'all's is in my chicken coop. What you gonna do about it? And he, oh boy, I got, got to do something with that dog. He said, was tied up. Well, I tied up. But I mean, I felt bad. Here, my poor old boxer, tied up. That ain't the life of a dog. He's supposed to rain, roam free on the range or something like that. Some song goes with that. So I'd hook him, but then I'd let him go. And inevitably, he'd go right back. To that chicken coop. And I'd catch him, Brother Will, and I'd give him a good whooping for doing that and catch him with the, I mean, feathers still hanging out his old slobbery mouth. And I'd whack him across the mouth and say, Stop that, Brother Ken. But that dog was just dumb as dirt. <laughs> Brother Jeff, here's what happened. Finally, I learned. Oh, I don't remember who told us, Dad. Maybe you can remember some old. 
fella come and said, let me tell y'all something about them dogs. Once they get chicken blood in their mouth, it's like you can't. We did everything we could to try to stop him. I wanted him to live, man. I paid 150 bucks for that dog. Yeah, back then, man, whoa, that's a lot of money now. And finally, we realized there was nothing we could do with the old dog that we had to get rid of. Before we did, he vanished. I don't know if he caught a hold of that bus tire and it broke his neck or, or somebody shot him because he kept getting the chicken. Once you get the taste, now that goes both ways. Once you get the taste of heaven in your mouth, you wonder why I preach like I preach. Because I've had prayer meetings, Sister Michelle, by myself. Nobody laid hands on me, but I tasted of some things in the heavenlies. I tasted some things in prayer that said I can't ever go back to, to the way things used to be. I don't know about you, but I don't want to ever go back to things that I used to, that God brought me out of. But if we're not careful, the majority tries to rob us of our experience in God and say, that really is not real. That Holy Ghost isn't real. All y'all talking in tongues, that ain't real. Baptism in Jesus' name really don't matter. You just really getting wet and that's a ceremonial joining of a church. Oh, no. Oh, no. See, because you don't know where I was, Sister Mim. You don't know what I was bound with. You don't know what I struggled with. And the majority said, just stay in your sin. Stay in your problem. Stay whacked out. Stay anxiety feel. Stay worried. Stay. No, 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 no. When I had an encounter with Jesus, and I went down in the water in Jesus' name, and he filled me with my spirit, something changed in me that it didn't matter what the majority said. I knew right then if I had... I had Jesus. I had everything I needed in the church. But they were coming after James. They had, they had blood in their mouth. See, the majority, when they've tasted of these things, the only thing can break sin in a life is the blood of Jesus. And according to that scripture, he said, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Peter said it, repent and be baptized every one of you for the remission of your sin. The only way the blood's applied is when you go down in the water in Jesus' name. The only thing gonna break that world taste in your mouth and my mouth is when we go down in the water in Jesus' name. And we break the hold of majority. We break the hold of the majority says, if it feels good, just do it. Ain't no way to break that. You can't, Norman Vincent Peale, you can't break that by thinking positive. It takes a work of the Spirit of God moving in you. Next verse. So he's coming after Peter. They got him. They threw him in the prison. Sixteen soldiers. Go to the next one. To bring him forth to the people. There it is again, the people. Peter, therefore, kept in prison. Prayer was made. Thank God for the church. Next verse. And when we and when Peter, here it is. There was a colliding of the majority and the destiny on Peter at that hour. The night had come 
and it looked like everything was over brother Roger how many times have I faced things brother Roger I put my head on that pillow at night and the dark night began to settle on my spirit and saying if this don't change by morning God I don't know what I'm going to do I'm going to lose my mind I'm going to lose my this I'm going to lose this it's going to cost this can I get anybody that would say brother Benoit I've been there when I laid my head on the pillow and I tried to go to sleep or I did go to sleep something let me tell you what happened in the midnight hour if you managed to close your eyes there was a clashing of destiny and the majority and God said "Uh uh-uh not tonight Herod not tonight enemy I've invested too much in that church I've invested too much in those people I've invested too much in that saint of God you're not having your way like you want to have you're not going to destroy that marriage you're not going to destroy that baby you're not going to destroy their health I'm fighting against some unbelief in this place today and you know what you know what's feeding the unbelief I've been doing this this long and it ain't changed yet let me give you your answer sir until you change your mindset and position God is not going to change and you're buying into the majority but if you'll do what Peter did when he had all those soldiers when that angel came up that angel came and smote him and said you better get up son I'm the angel of the Lord to you today smite you in the belly saying come on you got to get up and realize the destiny God has for his church and for you is greater I don't know if I can buy that. You're just a preacher spitting and veins popping out. And, well, I can't give you an answer kindly to that. You got to just get it. That's all I can tell you. Because if you will, God, huh? But you see, you made a choice. And you realize, Sister Marie, you realize you got off path and it was time to get back on path. And when you and I get back on the path that God's called us to do, I promise you, God will begin to work miracles in your life. God will begin. See, but here's where we are. We're deviating off of the path, and we're expecting God to do the miracle. We're expecting God to fix our trouble. Let me tell you, you're bound by alcohol because you got yourself in this mess. But if you'll lift your hands in obedience, God will set you free. But you got to do your part and arise. Peter 
Peter's bound by chains. Two, prison, two soldiers on each side. Now, this is the, the magnitude of how much God wants to do the miracle, Sister Georgia. He's bound by chains, got a prisoner on each side, got four prisoners at the first, four at the next, and four. For one guy. And God says, the majority says, you're dying. You're not coming out of this. And the majority, that's like all this mental stuff. People are going through mental anxiety, fear, depression, hopelessness, suicide, addiction. And it's come now into the church. And now we're looking at it going, well, what's going on? Is it real? Is it not real? I, I, I can't answer none of that. I can answer this. Jesus can heal anything. And if I can get in the presence of God and in a church of God, God can heal depression, suicide, any addiction. You got anger issues? God can heal it. Can I get a witness from any men? Short of those that are, that, that are half dead, most men have anger issues. If they're not really vocal in it, they got what they call passive aggressive. That's a spirit, by the way. Passive aggressive spirit. It acts like it's compliant when it's really not. It acts like it's docile and it's really not. I'll come deal with that on Wednesday. We act like we got it all together. And we don't, Brother Larry. And God in this hour is looking for people that are bound. Promises, destiny, bound. And God sent a miracle angel to break them out. He hit Peter. He said, Peter, he said, get up. Your obedience is contingent to the miracle. Mike, God can do anything. God can heal my body, heal your body, put our family together, heal this, heal the mind. God can do anything. But my obedience is contingent on how far that miracle will go. I believe, Brother Bushnell, many times God will come and God will heal the body or touch the body. Give you a, I don't want to say a temporary, but he'll give you something that it's like, God's healing me. And he does that for this reason, Brother Mike, that you and I take another step closer to him. But here's what happens. I get my healing. I get my miracle. I get my deliverance. And I go right back to the same old thing I used to do. And God's looking for a people that's not willing to go backwards, but a people that's willing to go forward. Look what he's telling. He said, get up. The chains fell. Peter didn't have a key. Peter didn't get a committee. Peter just did what the angel told him to do. God's telling us in this hour, I'm ready to take the destiny that's on the church, that's on the people of God, and I'm ready to launch it forward into a harvest field of people that are bound by mental sin. They're bound by addiction. They're bound by things they can't get out of. But if they can find somebody in the church that understands the authority of God and the power of prayer. Next verse, Brother Ron, let's go. Musicians, y'all come, Sister Ash, Sister Lisa, I'm closing. Here's what he said. Gird yourself. When you get up, you better put some clothes on. I'm waiting. His mindset, God going to give me a miracle and I can still go around half naked. Hello. Get your clothes on, boy. Put your clothes on. Because I'm fixing to display you to the world. And I want them to see you clothed 
with my righteousness. I want them to see you clothed because I don't want no attention to be on you. I want all the attention to be on what I did for you and how I got you out of the prison. Indian Village, hear me. Church of North America, hear me. God's ready to bring us out and put us in a place of authority that the whole world can see. It's the Jesus name. You need to take more notes. I'm saying good stuff now. You're writing that down. Oh, you took another page? Okay. I'll let you off the hook. He said, follow me. There it is, Brother Ron. You got to follow me. Cast your garment off. Go to the next verse. He already told him to put on his sandals. Where are you going? You got to put your shoes on. Shoes are a sign of walking and, and all this other kind of stuff. He said, you got, you, come on, follow me. He went out and followed him. Now, here's the kicker. You got the majority screaming. And you got Peter going, I'm following but I don't know what in the world is going on. Now get the picture. He goes from one gate, soldiers. He went from chains to two soldiers. Why didn't they get up? Why didn't they do nothing? Then from there he goes to the next little gate, four soldiers. What were they doing? Not their job. <laughs> Sound like after hurricane and COVID. Not their job. Then you go to the next gate. You got four more. What they doing, Sister Gail? And Peter's going, what in the world's going on? What? Because when he finally got out, he realizes the Lord. See, here's what you and I have got to see, Brother Sean. Two on his side, chains of iron. Coming out to the next gate, soldiers. The next gate, soldiers. Sometimes God lets us get a little dizzy for him to do the miracle. Sometimes he lets you kind of just go, what in the world's going on in my family? Why am I suffering and going through all of this? I wonder if Peter would have been I'm just going off of scripture he, he's, he's saying It's not true what was done by the angel But he thought he saw a vision Peter's trying to figure this out What in the world just happened Sometimes God lets the chaos The imprisonment To kind of mask What he's really doing on the backside That you can't comprehend Because you know what we do David if God clued us in at the beginning, here's what old Peter, Peter's a leader, man. Peter would have done, shook that one off. He'd have walked in. Now hold on, angel. I know a detour. We can go to the back side of the prison and we can bypass him two gates. See, because when we're in our right mind, we get in trouble. Huh? I'm giving license to crazy people today. Sometimes, the mayhem that goes on in our mind is not always just the devil. It's God working something that just seems a little hazy. I'm telling somebody here today, you don't know what God's doing. It's okay. Just let God be God. And let the destiny that's on your life get you out of the first gate, second gate. And finally they get to the last one, the iron gate. And that old iron gate just did... 
And he walks out. The hope I had for that, Shelby, was this. There ain't nobody and no majority can stop the destiny God has for me except me. So if I choose to stay in the prison because prison food's better, then that's your choice. But to the, to the most of us here today, I'm done with the prison. I'm done with the majority. If I have me in my house and we can serve the Lord, then I'm going to give him everything that I got. I'm going to worship him. And if the majority thinks I'm crazy, they can go ahead and think whatever they want. I'm redeemed of the Lord. And the blood's done touch me and help me. Stand with me. You think David went to Goliath? The majority says We can't take Goliath You know how many home missionaries go to cities I went to San Francisco Me and Brother Morgan and the few families that was there And the majority said You can't do it You had Marilyn Gazowski there Thank God for her and the 1100 people she won and had in her church And that went down to 100 after she died no apostolic church and there we go into the city I bring my family my boy my girl and we're going to build a church in San Francisco and the majority I'll never forget there was a certain politician running for president I'm being careful don't relax the whole city was for him very liberal I'll never forget, there was one sign I saw for the conservative president go through the city. And there we stood at Fisherman's Wharf. You know what I'm talking about. Fisherman's Wharf, and I looked, and there goes that old, there was an old man in an old Cadillac El Camino, or what do you call them, Cadillac Eldorados. And he had a big old sign on the back of his car promoting that. And Brother Joe, when it went through, but see, the spirit of that city had done made me feel what am I doing here the majority don't want to live for God they need a good earthquake and it fix all that but see I was wrong there was people that wanted to live for God there is a church that God wants to build in San Francisco but the majority made folks we live and now just as they've said it's now in North America it's what we're facing at schools, the curriculum now. They're trying to pump our kids. You dare not make a stand. You, Canada's done passed the law. You say anything over the pulpit derogatory against homosexuality. And then I think just Fox News, they just said something else. So now what you're saying is you cannot preach against sin. See where we're at? But here's the thing. The majority don't rule. God does and if you'll live your life to the best of your ability in Christ in the righteousness of Christ God has a way of doing miracles for you and I that we've never never seen before no record of Peter ever getting out people doing this there's miracles brother Joe that God wants to do for this church and churches in North America that we've never seen before
That's why I believe, Sister Marie, yeah, you're still in that wheelchair, but God can heal you and get you out of that wheelchair today. Somebody here, you got cancer in your body? God can heal you today, Sister Peggy. You ain't got to have one more treatment of that cancer treatment anymore. God can do anything if you and I can put our faith in Him right now. Lift your hands all across this building. God, we put our faith and trust in you. Come on, somebody, lift your voice right now. You're in a prison. You're in a prison of doubt, a prison of unbelief, a prison of failure, a prison of mistakes. Everybody's got their own prison. Some of it's self-inflicted, some of it's God allowed. Regardless of what it is, God's still God of the prison. Come on, lift your voice with me right now. Step out of that pew. Let's all come together as a family. I feel miracles in this place today. I feel healing power of God in this place. I know I'm coming against that old spirit of unbelief that says, well, I've gotten prayed for before and it didn't work. I've gotten prayed for that God would touch my family. My family got worse. I'm coming against that spirit of unbelief today by the authority of the name of Jesus. I lose faith right now. Come on, lift your hands. I need some here today. You've been healed. Release your faith right now for those that are battling in doubt right now. Ministering brethren, help me. Come on, ministering brethren, help me to pray. Your destiny's not governed by the majority. This church's destiny's not governed by the majority. The North American church's destiny is not governed by the majority. Heartbreak's not my home. You are. Come on, lift your hands, lift your voice right now. Somebody by you, they need a touch from God right now. You are.